0: You know, although I'm so grateful that I spent uh, 22 years in Sacramento with that beautiful spiritual community, this will always be my home. Always be my home. But you know, to be honest, I didn't come here to learn spiritual principles that would enhance my life. I didn't even come here to feel the sweet embrace of the divine. I came here for the first time to feel the sweet embrace of somebody who was singing in the choir. (laughs) I knew that person was going to be in the choir. I'd never heard of this church, but I ironed my flannel shirt up good and I got my my Levi's all nice and pressed and I sat in the very front row at the Luther Burbank Center looking pious and reverent. I knew, I knew I was just going to be Uh, Good to go after this day. (laughs) Unfortunately, Reverend Mary Murray Shelton came out. And before the choir came out, she welcomed the group, just much like Russ did here. And what she said was, changed my life. She said, welcome. You are whole, perfect, and complete, just as you are and just as you are not. I never heard anything like that. In my whole life. Surely she couldn't be talking about me. But she said you. So I thought well. You know maybe she is talking about me. Her words touched something deep inside of me. That I thought had been lost. Because of the sins of my past. But it brought all the way up. Now I tell you this story because. It's a perfect example of today's talk. Where comfort ends, transformation begins. Discomfort is a mild way of putting what I felt that morning. But I knew that without a doubt, that discomfort was a beginning of a transformation for me. I was a sobbing mess. Not that ladylike sobbing that you get a little tear here, tear there. No, that full-out, snot-running sobbing that was... Very unattractive. I never got the date. It was very unattractive that, that day. But one of the first things I did after that Sunday was to take classes. And one of the first things that I learned in those classes that I began to take was that you are never alone. The presence of the living God is with you all the time. You are not all of God, but God is all of you. And that's a powerful thing to learn for some of us who have had backgrounds where we never thought the divine would touch us again. You know, our teaching is that you can't separate from the truth of who you are. You can lose your vision. You can lose your hearing. You can lose a limb, but you can never lose your spirit because you are part of the universal spirit that flows through everybody. And you have access to it all the time. Now, when I say you have access to the universal spirit, know that using the universal spirit in the easiest, softest way is your choice. You need no intermediaries. You can access it all by yourself. You don't need Buddha. You don't need Jesus. You don't need Muhammad. You don't need Lao Tzu. You don't even need a minister, an imam, a rabbi. You don't need anybody. What you do need by access to the the easiest, softest way that I mean is through prayer, meditation, and visioning. And if prayer, meditation, and visioning is all you need to live the life of beauty that God intended for us to live, that's great. Keep doing it. But most of us, For most of us, the voice of the creator, the universal spirit, that creator of good in our lives is heard through somebody else, somebody in a meat suit that is spirit in a meat suit. Your spiritual guides, they're your spiritual guides, and you have them, plenty of them, walking with you every single step of the way. There used to be, years ago, a tax commercial and the tax preparer would, talking on the phone, and then he would turn to the camera and he'd say, you've got people. And the truth is, you've got people. You've got people everywhere. Sometimes they look a lot, awful lot like your neighbor, your spouse, stranger in, a, in the library, somebody in your recovery room, your doctor, maybe your adult kids, your mortgage broker, your cellmate. You never know where they're from. Your office mate. That's what they look like in the flesh. But their spirit is the spirit of God within them, and you are never alone. God is always with you. Now we know that the way God works is not always by making you feel comfortable. The way universe works, when your spirit and your soul, your spirit and your soul, are ready for a growth spurt, when you get ready to be closer to who you are, which is simply God in form, something inside of you, a still small voice that you can call God, the universal spirit, Allah, Elohim, the sacred grandmother tree, that still small voice is whispering to you, it's time for you to change. Now, this may be a conversation your spirit is having with another spirit and your mind is left out of it. I did not hear my spirit saying with my mind that it was time for me to go to ministerial school. Nothing could have been further from my mind. But it was something that kept coming up and kept coming up and kept coming up. And I couldn't ignore it. The presence of the the living God with you always speaks success language. And sometimes our mind has a filter on it. We put that filter on it to protect ourselves. And that filter can make it difficult for us to hear the voice of the universal spirit. A way our founder, Ernest Holmes, might say it is this. Your individual spirit is talking to the great spirit, universal spirit. Do you remember the game, Mother May I? Now, look, I'm not saying that your life is a game. I'm not saying that God is a player. No emails. I understand that we're just using this as a, a way to think about this. Mother, may I? Great mother, may I? Great mother. May I get some help Stop to stop gossiping? Sure, of course you can. Absolutely. But if it takes too long for you to get it into your conscious mind, into your intention setting, into your planning, then I may have to get some help. And it may not be too much fun. Thankfully, you're never alone. There is somebody in your circle who's ready to help if you need to stop gossiping. Mother, may I get some help stop to stop sticking my head in the sand about my hurt feelings toward my spouse? Sure, of course. Absolutely. But if you take too long to get this desire for connection, for wholeness... For your own self-esteem, if you take too long, I may have to turn the heat up in your, for your discomfort. I may have to bring in the camel and the straw if you take too long. Mother, may I shake this need I have for drama in my life, causing me and everybody around me so much pain. Spirit knows that you can't grow into your expression of who you want to be, of God in form, until you get the drama away from your life. So Great Mother says, Yeah, sure, I'll help you with your drama. Absolutely. But if you can't move that desire that you're speaking right now to get rid of that drama, from your subconscious mind to your conscious mind and set it into intention and then maybe into affirmation. If it takes too long to do that, I'm going to have to get some help. I will get your attention through more broken relationships, fires in your attic, getting your car repossessed, getting your kid in trouble. I'll be happy to help. So those of you who are familiar with, and it's hard not to be, even if you didn't grow up in a in a synagogue or a church, it's hard not to know the story of Jonah and the whale. You remember Jonah and the whale? I believe that Jonah's still small voice, they call it God in the Bible. I think it was that universal spirit that was trying to get his attention to say, okay, Jonah, it's time your spirit and your soul have come together. It's time for a growth spirit. We want you to grow now. So I want you to go to Nineveh and help the people out there. That's how you can grow. But like many of us, he had a lot of excuses. No, I can't do that. I don't want to do that. I'm not capable of doing that. I'm going to take a geographic, Jonah says. Those of you in recovery, you know what a geographic is. We think that our life is going to be better if we go somewhere else. But everywhere we go, there we are. And that's what happened to Jonah. He says, okay, I'm going, to get a, get a, I'm going to go somewhere else. I'm going to get on a boat and go somewhere. Far away from Nineveh. And he did. But then a great storm came up. And God had put some friends. Some helpers. Some spiritual guides. On the boat with him. And what they did was dramatic. And that's, that drama happens in our life a lot when we don't listen. We get a dramatic response, a consequence, a discomfort. And the discomfort was they tossed him off the boat and he went into the belly of a whale for three days. Now, when I tell people that story, they thought, oh my God, he was in there for three days in the dark. Listen, I've been in the dark for months sometimes years, about certain subjects. But eventually, Jonah got it, and the whales spit him up right on the sands of Nineveh. Why? Because he was ready. He was ready for that growth spurt in his life. Well, you know, here's the thing. Our spirit guides can either help us through discomfort... Or they can help us through comfort. Because Ernest Holmes says, look, it's a choice. You can learn through hard things, and I seem to be very good at that. Or you can learn an easier, softer way. And so he wrote these essays in Living the Science of Mind. And those of you who have been here for a while, and those of you at home, you know that this book is fabulous. It's not as dense as the Science of Mind text, and it talks about specific things that are in our life, they're universal. This is an old book. But for those of us living in today's world, this book can help. So right on, uh, he wrote a, a chapter called Spiritual Chain Reaction. How to create a spiritual chain reaction. No one lives entirely by himself, he writes. We are all individual parts of humanity. And whether or not we realize it, Each is influencing those around him, and each in his turn is being influenced by others. No doubt the thoughts and opinions and actions of the whole world finally are based on what everyone thinks and believes. I believe that we all have a desire to positively influence each other, and especially people who come to a community like this. Where there is very few opportunities for us to legitimately and authentically say there's a them and there's an us. Because we know that we're all one, acting out all of the aspects of that oneness. If we want to create a true spiritual chain reaction, we could end the war in Gaza, in Israel, in the Ukraine, we could end racism. We could end homophobia. We could end a marriage that's in trouble right now. We could end homelessness. But to do that, we're going to have to do some things. Because we're a practical religion. It does us no good to learn about these spiritual principles if we don't put them into practice in our life. Now, I'm going to look at three things this morning that we can do. There are tons more, but I'm going to look at three. One is that understand all change has to start with you. Turn to your neighbor and say, she's talking to you. Before you pick up one anti-war sign, before you attend one peace rally, look at your own inner landscape. Are you full of resentments? Or do you have even one little resentment? Are you have judgments? Are you spending time rehashing conversations? Stay home from the rally and clean them up. If there was even one person in your life with whom you are estranged, call them. Call them today. Call them before kickoff. Call them and just say, you know what? I'm not sure how we can move forward, but I don't want to be estranged from you anymore. You don't even have to say you're sorry about something. You don't even have to bring up the whole whatever happened because half the time we can't even remember exactly what it was that happened. But pick up the phone and just say, I don't know how to end this estrangement, but I feel like I want to. Now look, you can say, yeah, 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 do it. It will change how you feel about yourself. And when you change how you feel about yourself, you automatically change how you feel about others. Is there a place for peace placards and rallies? I attend them all the time. But if you want real peace, everlasting peace, that peace that's beyond understanding, you will only find it in the field that the Persian poet Rumi talks about, that field beyond right and wrong. That field beyond right and wrong is never meant to be experienced by yourself. It's always meant to be experienced with others, in community, in dyads, in families. Peace is an energy, and, and to release it and to bless it have to get into it you can start a spiritual chain reaction by cleaning up any internal landscape that's anxiety producing for you the second one is develop the gift of saying goodbye develop the gift to say goodbye if someone doesn't want to be around you just say goodbye to them remember this is a spiritual chain reaction We're allowing our spirit to touch the spirit of somebody else. You can't own somebody else. You can't own their spirit. And when you try to hold on to somebody else's spirit, you fail, always, every time. When we try, we break the spiritual chain reaction. And I'm not just talking about primary relationships. But I'm talking about relationships, maybe of your young adult kids your friends, jobs. Develop the spiritual practice of saying goodbye. If it's their decision to walk away from you, move on. Much as you might try, it's never going to work to say, come back here in all the variations you and I have tried. Ordering the person, threatening the person, making the person jealous. All good temporary fixes, but they're not going to last. If your spirit is going in another direction, it's only temporary. Some of us are trying to change. Change them and get them to stay. Now, saying goodbye is not easy. I had to learn that in recovery. Saying goodbye to my drinking buddies was painful. I wanted them to come with me. But I eventually had to say, our spirits are going in different directions. I've had to learn that in my church. It's painful, but I finally got it. I get to honor their spirit by gently saying goodbye to them instead of trying to make them stay, make them change, or make myself sick by making myself do the impossible thing of trying to make my spirit change, or to give them food that no longer nourishes them. Let's remember that spiritual practices are not just prayer and meditation. Saying goodbye to people and situations that need to leave is a powerful spiritual practice. The last one, number three, is remember what we teach here. It's all God and it's all good. Now, when we say it's all God and it's all good, clearly we're not saying it's all God and it's all happy because it's not happy. Sometimes discomfort makes way for transformation. And discomfort is not a happy place to be, but it is a good place to be. It's all God, and it's all good. So I'm going to ask you as I close up to recommit to a spiritual practice that I try to remind myself twice a year. And it's this. Starting today, 21 days of consecutive no complaining. 21 consecutive days Of no complaining. Now consecutive means this. Day three. Somebody says something mean to you. And all of a sudden you're calling your posse. Do you know what she said now? No. 21 days. Absolutely no. And sometimes it's taken me a month. Sometimes it's taken me two months. To reach 21 days. But at the end of 21 days. I started a spiritual chain reaction. You'll enliven your own spirit. Now, here's the thing. Every time somebody says something that makes you want to complain, I'm going to give you a phrase that will help you. And that phrase is this. God, that's great. (laughs) You just got laid off. God, that's great. Your kid slams the front door. God, that's great whatever it is that's happening to you, if you can try and put that phrase into your heart and mind and your mouth, things get a lot easier. Discomfort is the way to transformation. It's a fabulous way to do it. It's not the easiest way, but it's a way that we have the tools and the community and the practitioners and the ministers to help us through God bless you